are a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Well, g'day everybody and welcome yet again to another sensational episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. I love that intro. I love it how they tell uh, how she says that they've probably had a few beers beforehand uh, just on that pre-podcast chat. Uh, Matt was just telling me that he was sucking on a Bogues as we speak. So g'day, Matt. How are you going? Uh, I'm good. I've only had one though, so I think she's lying. I mean, don't get me wrong, most of the podcasts, I'm I'm at least a couple of beers or a bottle of wine in. This one, though, sadly, I've had a bit of a busy day, so I'm on my first beer and it's uh, it's three o'clock already, which is, yeah, disappointing. A bit to of say a, the least. a late start, a late has, start. It has been, yeah. But you did say you've had a bit of a, a hectic day already. Tell me yeah. about it. Come on, what's going on in this uh, now? Are we into the fifth week? We're just, just shy of the fifth week of lockdown. Yeah. Of stage four yeah. lockdown here in Melbourne. Go on. Uh, no, well, just uh, to be honest, um, I've got about oh, probably close on eighty emails in my inbox uh, relating to BFOP that I have not been brave enough to open. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll need a few more beers or a bottle of wine in order yeah, to tackle that lot. I'm thinking yes. I'll get to that, like you know, in the very early hours of the morning, and that way, if I forget that I ever saw them and they were bad, I can just just blame that. So yes, um, exactly. Yeah. How many hours a day do you put in? Because you, I, I think you've either told me off air or on air. That you regularly get up at four or five in the morning in order to knock a few hours work out. Yeah, I'm a very early riser, but that doesn't mean you know some people are early risers and they kind of get out of bed with a spring in their step and they do some gym, they meditate, they have a smoothie, and then they're like on fire for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah, that's that's my I, life completely. I am not yep. that person at all. Right. So I will be up at four four thirty maybe. I get up, I have a coffee, I sit in my PJs in front of the computer and work for probably three or four hours solid have a very, um, you know, not an unhealthy breakfast, but, you know, like just a definitely not a shining example of, you know, human condition. Um, and then I deteriorate throughout the entire day. And by about 3 p.m., I am pretty much fried. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not a choice that I think people should make deliberately. This is not like a, oh, he gets up so early and he's just energetic all day. It's like, no, no, I pay for that early rise every Crashed. second of my day. Yeah. <laughs> Have you always been an early riser then uh yeah i'd say so i don't really like staying right. up late at night so when we do podcasts no. and stuff late at night and i look like death <laughs> at, by 9 p.m that's because i technically that's my next day already oh. so <laughs> lucky and it's a podcast then isn't it we yeah i can't necessarily see you oh yeah oh yeah i don't think it'd be very popular if you could see me no rightio yeah. And, yeah. and tell me what is happening in the world of matt crummins because there's always something happening yeah, I've just finished a really big video project. I've done nine animation oh. animated videos in the last nine days, which has been crazy on top of the BFOP stuff. Um, what else have I got going on? Uh, BFOP, obviously. Uh, been doing some – I do like a Sunday session with my workshop group, which has been good. Yes. Um, oh, where's the invite? Yeah, oh, sorry. Nice. Well, I actually am having yeah, guest presenters right. and stuff, so, you know, maybe – um, yeah, see, okay. we'll see. I'll, I'll put you on the audition on the list. Cards, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now the um, wow. I'm actually kind of just at this point in. I don't want to say in lockdown because everyone's talking about lockdown, but I'm at this point. I'm just sort of starting to think forward. Like, okay, let's just let's assume that things keep getting better. You know, let's say let's keep optimistic. Things oh, keep getting better, so. um, and we start to open up again. You know, I'm I'm really having a bit of a think now. What do I want to be doing? 
you know, I think that's a really important question to keep asking yourself, Ooh. not just as a photographer, but as a, anything you do is to go, if you've got the opportunity to reflect on it, what part of your job or, or whatever, or your hobby, what makes you really tick? And I think there's been a really good opportunity in, in throughout this lockdown, um, not yes. to say it's been a good opportunity in the whole, but it's been, there's some good opportunities come out of it. And one of them is to sort of go, hey, what do I miss the most? And, and I think, mm. you know, me and the wife and um, now Isla, we love camping. Um, we love traveling out on the road and stuff. And I'm looking going, you know what? Some of my workshops that I run that are actually out, call it more on location than in the city, I really love those. And so I want to start, you know, doing more of that stuff because it just makes me happy as well. And if I'm happy, you know, then the people who I'm with should be happy. Everybody's happy yeah, and more happy. That's it. Right. So, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been doing. How about you? I've been noticing a lot of your your photos. I did not know that you went to Juvie. I did not realize that. Um, went to what? To Juvie. You put a photo up on Facebook the other day. It was you in a prison cell with a bunch of other kids and you were presenting to them. What? It wasn't a prison cell. It looked like a it prison a cell. Hole. Oh, I thought that was juvenile detention. <laughs> I thought I thought that this was like a flashback into your like into your days as like a This is like a scene you know, out of the last episode of Seinfeld yeah. where, you know, I'm standing up giving my, you know, stand up comic routine to all the prisoners in the yard. I really, I honestly, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh my god, they're all in the little prison, like prison uniforms. Well. Upon reflection, it does look like that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's those um, big concrete, grey concrete bricks that are, make up that building, and it did. And I had some posters stuck to the wall <laughs> as that. I presented to all these kids sitting on the floor. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. like, if that wasn't prison, where's the LCD screen? And then I realised you're a bit older than me, so maybe that. Is an is unrealistic that expectation. was a long time ago. That was sort of late 80s that photograph was taken. I yeah. don't think LED screens had quite been invented yet. I'm actually surprised uh, it's a colour photo, but, you know. Oh, thanks, mate. That's okay. You're so kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you've come out of the blocks. So uh, firing. Um, <laughs> I've only I've one been... beer and two beers in it. Kind of, it, it dulls me <laughs> down a bit. To, it wears I me down. I've had a few as well, but I tell you what, if I'd had a few, I, there's no way I would have made this recording today because I was awake at about three. And I couldn't get back to sleep, so I got up at about four thirty, fell asleep on the couch at about six thirty. Oh, we should do the podcast then, and then rolled out of off the couch at about eight thirty and started my day again. I attempted to start at about four thirty, but I really should have gone back to bed. But uh, yeah, right. Did anyway. you wait? Was it like a possum screaming outside or something? But you woke no, up. No, no. Just... If I wake up and my mind starts racing, I'm it's just cactus. Mm. So yes, that's what happened. So okay. I don't know that I was in bed too late. Probably about ten, ten thirty. Not too, not too bad. Yes, but uh, that's a solid yeah, sleep. Ten till four. It's <laughs> a pretty solid hours. sleep. Come on, yeah. Jesus, getting been greedy in these in these difficult times. Oh, I know these right? COVID times. I um. I've been working hard on a new website, which sounds very wanky. Is but, it your um, website? It is, yes. Okay. Yep, yep. I'm teaching myself uh, a new piece of software, so I'm, I feel like I'm back at uni because I've read all these books and then I'm also going through countless hours of videos to learn the software and then building it at the same time. Mm. And, uh, and you know, one of those things where you just know that the first round you'll you'll learn, you'll get some things right, but then... You won't get everything right, so you're probably going to open that web page a half a dozen times and correct it each time before you get it looking and then in the six, way you want. And in six months, you'll look back and be like, "Oh, you know and what? You know, that was- I, now that I know how to use that software, I'm going to redo yeah. it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's not actually. And the worst part is, or the best part, one way or the other, is that I've probably spent sixty hours on this already, oh. at least. It's like a whole day's and work. 
I'm only, I'm only, I've only worked on the front end, and the front end would probably have to be twenty five percent of the power of this software that I'm using. So I was going to say it's usually that you usually kind so of many hours get your platform so done and then kind of wow. tart it up afterwards. You're sort of doing the tarting first. I'm doing the tarting first. I'm, mm. I'm I'm wasting gross amount of time getting the the devil in the detail. Correct. I feel like it's when a procrastinating really job there. Should be yes. That's it. That's <laughs> it. I'm procrastinating. As including including, I was up at five o'clock on Saturday morning for a um, a conference call or a Zoom call to a, an expert on this software in New Jersey in America. Ooh. And so there has been a fair few early mornings. There has been a bit of time put in, time and money put in already, and I'm still not anywhere close. But and anyway, you, can we, it'll be can good you when it's re- done. Are you able to reveal to anyone the theme of what they will be looking Is this like a I'm, – I'm, I'm thinking that this is some sort Look, of – I can't give away my secrets, Matt. And, uh, and to be honest, it might give you a leg up and, and, and have you crush, crush my business. To, I, to the, you know, I, was just, I was just speculating. I to the wall. Maybe like a a gallery of just Tom Putt selfies, and the software <laughs> scours the internet and looks for right, for people know. that look like you, and just this tags is, them all in a big album. This is what it should. This is what I should be working on. Um, it's a new workshops website. Which again, when I hear people say, "Oh, I'm working on a new website," I just go, oh, I roll my eyes because I think, "What a waste of time!" But Honestly, this looks a million times better than what I've currently got and uh, the power in it. It's going to be quite awesome. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. Wicked. That's exciting for everyone. 2021. <laughs> I, don't I don't think it's exciting for everybody, Matt. Perhaps just me. But, uh, oh, well. yeah, I think I'm getting it. I think I'm getting it. You mean there that they're and, workshops and that you're going to do for other people and not workshops for you to do yourself? No, these are workshops for me. And uh, if we're able to do any of them, I'm looking at these things and we're now having to start advertising 2022 because even 2021 might be a bit of a write-off. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, hopefully not locally. We can all go do like landscapes down at Frankston Pier or something instead. <laughs> oh, exciting. <laughs> no, it's not too bad down there. It's not too bad down there. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at Rwanda to go and photograph the gorillas and the Ooh. volcanoes in uh, in the – is it the is it the what's the the name of congos again it's it's got a certain name <laughs> i would be, i'd be definitely making it up if the I tried to democratic that. republic of congo of the congo it is right we're gonna we're gonna sneak in there after after we've gone to to play and photograph with the gorillas our ancestors that's if you survive that part but yeah that's it if we survive that part we thought we'd just roll the dice, double our luck, and sneak into Congo and go and photograph um, the volcanoes in Congo. So, oh, cool! Yeah, I've seen some great stuff on the internet years ago. Um, let me just see. I'm just typing it in now. I'm just like it's, my mind's running wild with what your new website is. I'm thinking it's gonna be like the Photography Hunger Games, where basically. <laughs> You know, you start with like 14 people on this workshop and whoever actually yes. gets back to Australia by the end of it is like it. the winner. <laughs> they get this the cornucopia of, of yeah. yeah, gift vouchers and prizes. <laughs> if you type into Google, Mount, and I'm going to spell it because I'd have no idea how to pronounce it, N-Y-R-A-G-O-N-G-O. Oh, if yeah. Just, if, you, if you can't get into that, just type in yeah, Congo, um, Congo Volcano Accommodation. There are these huts that are on the side of this volcano and you literally just walk up to the edge of the crater 
and it's got lava. We're, we're looking into yeah, an active volcano. Oh, you know, I—that I, is pretty. That's pretty Lord of the Ringsy, isn't it? So much fun! I can't wait to do. Oh this. my god, it's, it's incredible. So you get yeah, quite yeah, the tan yeah. standing there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen some incredible. Um, David Plant, his name is. He's an American photographer. He he took some photographs here um, years ago, and that's what inspired me. You know, um, have you been to the volcanoes in um, uh, in Vanuatu? I knew you were going to ask me this. There's that active very one. Very frustrating that in- you tell me this. You know why? Because my grandfather used to own a very big cattle property in in Vanuatu. We suffice to say that when my dad inherited that that property, it probably would have would have been one tenth the size of the main island of mm. Vanuatu. Huge. I, I can't. I don't know how many hectares or acres or whatever it was. But um, yeah, yeah. No, no I haven't. Tanner. That's where it is. Tanner. Yeah. Oh, that's here's your backup plan because Vanuatu is COVID free, and so they would be likely something was going to open up. So Vanuatu, um, um, Tanner, has right. got an active lava spewing volcano that you can photograph. That could be like you could pretend this could be a mystery flight. Actually, you could just chuck people on a plane and tell them they're going to the Congo. <laughs> And just get them to blindfold themselves and say that it's like yep, a security yep, thing. Yep, and then this, yep, when you're in Vanuatu, and um, yep. yeah, just just uh, wander around there for a while. And then when you fly home, just don't let them post anything on the internet. Otherwise, they'll they'll get found out. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Have, you've obviously you've obviously done this yourself. No, I haven't actually. I've been to Vanuatu quite a few times, but not to Tanner. I've heard awesome things about it, and every time I go there, I see really crappy photos from some of my friends who live there. I'm not mm. photographers, and I just think to myself, I should definitely do that. Um, mm. But no, I haven't. It's apparently it's very easy to get to and, um, and stuff. But we right. do, we do the dive trip over there. Um, it's kind of like yes. a, to the Coolidge. So when we do that, it's um, uh, you don't really sort of want to fly too much between those dives and things. And yeah, so no, I haven't been there, but I would really want to. And to be honest, it's probably going to be on my hit list for a personal trip. Um, if that's the only place we can travel to. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know Luke Sharkey's been there to photograph it. I think he did some work for um, tourism Vanuatu oh, cool. a little while back and uh, and photographed it. So yeah, yeah, that would be. I think that would be on the bucket list to to stand on the edge of a vol- active volcano and photograph it at some stage. I've flown get... over the um, active volcanoes of uh, Hawaii. Yeah, that was my first aerial photography um, photo shoot back in 1996. Oh, nice! And uh, I've not done anything on the ground or or since. Um, Along those lines, so yeah, it'd be awesome. I reckon the only Vanuatu, sorry, the only volcano thing that I've got on my my repertoire that that's worth sort of showing. We did a trip to Indonesia last year with a group, and we were standing on the beach um, in Komodo in Labuan Bajo, and we we're photographing this mm. amazing sunset. And as it came down, you know, when you get those sort of tropical suns, and they're just perfect round red mm. balls, like there's no glow around. It's mm. just this perfect. So going down behind the boats taking photo after photo as the sun's going down further and further and further. And I only in the edit, when I look back, there's islands in on the horizon line. And in one photo, it's the island. The next photo, there's this massive, massive ash cloud that's popped out the top of it. Oh. And so this volcano oh, went off as we were watching, but it's so small on the horizon. And I was using like a 400 millimeter right. lens. So I didn't notice right. at the time, but in the edit, it's like volcano, no, no, no. Oh, volcano. <laughs> it's pretty right. cool. Well, well, you, I, my favourite subject is school. I've got a, another volcano story. I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that. Hold on, sixteen minutes into the podcast, we still haven't got to our topic. 
Oh, we're talking about volcanoes, but, though. That's super cool. <laughs> this is it. This is it. We've, we've taken over the podcast. It's about volcanoes this week. Every seven-year-old um, is just like, I love this podcast. <laughs> share, share, with, uh, share with us your volcano story. Ring in now. Um, I, my uncle was working in uh, Jakarta uh, many years ago. Uh, would have been 80s. Yeah, in the 80s, late, mid to late 80s. And his company had a holiday house uh, about three hours from Jakarta on the far West Java coast. And, in fact, when the sun would set, it would set behind Anak Krakatoa, Ooh. which, of course, we all know about from, I think it was 1883 or something like that, one of the largest uh, volcanic eruptions in more recent history. And, uh, and so the sun would set behind that and you'd get this brilliant silhouette of that island and it's just like, oh, my God, it's so close and yet, probably never get there but um that was that was quite special to, mm. to stay there and see that because i've learned about it at school in geography and all the rest of it now there i was standing there looking at the thing it was quite amazing oh i'd love to be there yeah mm. definitely yep that's just not during any sort of uh earthquake no like like a few years ago it would be a bit Did exciting see? like it would be a bit <laughs> exciting you've got to admit like exciting. i think it's the same as if you were standing it's on the crater either way yeah, no, that's true. That that's not good. But if you wanted to crater of a volcano, so in your trip, I feel like I would want to get just a little bit of lava on my shoe. Like I know that <laughs> sounds, <laughs> I know that sounds kind of stupid. No, to think about it though. Have you seen that you photo? Come in- back with an amputated foot, don't no, you? No, 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 no. I don't want to actually get injured by it, but I want to have a pair of shoes that's got like a lava burn on it because I think that would just be like, wow, what a photographer! Frame that you know? along with your best photo from the workshop. Yeah, exactly. Put it up on the wall there. And- and tell that, your kids in years. That'd give come. you a story, wouldn't it? Like, oh, that one time when I melted my shoe on lava. Yeah. That there's that, have you seen the photos of that, that dude in this in um Hawaii? And there's like he's standing there on like it's obviously yes. just dried and his whole tripod and shoes are on fire. Yeah. Like yeah. I bet you he's a rubbish photographer who just took this shot <laughs> and like it's on auto and it's actually nothing being special. He just wanted to have a photo of him on lava fire. Like he was just—he was chasing. He was chasing, uh, you know, social media likes for that one. A hundred percent, I'd do it. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, I've heard. I've been listening to social media. This is a, a, a business or professional photography type conversation. That um, it's not the be all and end all, which sounds bloody obvious. But by the same token, I think. Um, I mean, aren't we all chasing more followers, more likes, etc.? As as photographers, perhaps in order to blow up so to speak and uh and get you know celebrity status and yet you can have one post that blows up but it doesn't necessarily mean that it projects you into stardom do you remember hansen the yeah band. the band mm-hmm. yeah, they had one one hit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah your that, favorite song you play it all the time you don't need social you don't need social media to realize that one hit wonders are everywhere right you know, i think that yeah, yeah. anyway that's another conversation. I had a very long conversation with um, with Nick about this on on our other podcast. Uh, um, oh, just a gentleman that I work with. Um, that bloody Nick Fletcher again. Is there not a podcast? Can we get through a podcast without mentioning him? Seriously. Love you. Love you, Nick. Love you. Love you. Uh, Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> Go on. Speaking of the devil, he just texted me. Um, so oh, he can, uh, yeah. He watches my phone conversations. No, um. Anyway, what were we talking about today? We're twenty minutes in. We haven't even got webcam set up in your in your house. There, you don't even know it's there. Probably he didn't come up. I was wondering why he asked me to install that camera. But um, anyway, um, 
dirty bastard. We haven't even um, we haven't even touched on our topic today, really, have we? I, talked about, I, I feel like now we've story. covered up volcanoes. I feel like we need to start talking about dinosaurs as well, just to go through all the cool kids stuff. But I'm yet to see a dinosaur, although, um, well, crocodiles are dinosaurs, really, aren't they? And those, uh, that, what are those like cycads? Those those palms, those plants that they look like prehistoric. They've got the little, you know, bulbous thing in the middle. Um, I've had you will remember years ago that. I was into bird watching, and yes, I, even I as a thirteen-year-old kid at juvie, yes, <laughs> I didn't get the opportunity, unfortunately. But uh, I was um, friends with some bird watchers who got invited to go to Russia to study the migratory waders that fly here to Australia every year. They um, they summer over here, and then they fly some 14,000 kilometres, and they're birds that are no bigger than a sparrow. They fly across to Indonesia, up through Asia, to the Siberian tundra in order to lay three or four eggs, raise some young whilst, you know, the mosquitoes are just breeding left, right and centre. And then they fly back to Australia for the next summer. It's ridiculous what they do, right? And they went to go and study them over there in the Siberian tundra, and they actually found woolly mammoth tusks in the permafrost of the Siberian tundra as they were out there studying the birds. How That's amazing cool. would that be? Yeah. That would be pretty exciting. I don't know how you'd go about getting any luggage to bring it home, but maybe I was you say, Would you have to hand that over to science or could you be like, nah, I've just decided to keep this one? That's a moment. You know, finders keepers. Yeah, I reckon. I'd probably make it into like a, a cup. I'd do like a Viking, a Viking like horn, beer horn. <laughs> oh, know. right. Here you yeah. go. Yes, yes, yes. That's your yard glass. Be the life of, life of every party. Oh, Matt with his mammoth tusk again. <laughs> Can you imagine? Everyone would rock up your party just to see your mammoth tusk. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah. wow, that is a mammoth of a beer. And you'd be like, it is. It is. It is a mammoth tusk of a beer. So what yes. were we talking about today? Are we going to get back to this? Otherwise, we're not going to cover anything photography related. And I feel like we'll be letting our reputation as actual photographers down. There's a reputation, is there? Well, I think we should try and make one at the very least, yeah. Let, let's, well, let me look at the show notes that you sent through to me. Because you sent uh, me a really – you sent me a topic that I thought, I don't know, I feel like we've covered a bit. Yeah, but then you sounded very unenthusiastic about my input, so. No. Well, hold on. I think we've already ta- – we have already talked about that. Have we? We've already talked about both things that we proposed for today. Oh, the, the first one was top tips for editing. Oh, we do that all the and time. Then we, other one was talking about your favourite lens and why, which well, again I sure why. we have mentioned already. What I was thinking about though, right, with the new lens thing, wasn't so much the new lens. What's your favourite lens and why? Um, I'm thinking more like for those people who go out and buy a lens, they want to buy a lens, right? How do you make the decision? Like as a photographer, a professional photographer, what's your process for working out whether a lens is what you, actually what you want or not? Because you know what's written on the box is not always a good excuse me, a good indication of, <laughs> um, of, of what, what you're actually getting. I know, well, you know. So like so, as an example, so, I've bought like, I, I see people all the time talking about buying their nifty 50, you know, the 50 millimeter um, F1.8 yes. primes and they're like, oh my God, it's amazing. This is $200. And I agree for $200, no. that is amazing. But no, it's a piece it doesn't of really shit. translate. Spend extra money and go the 1.4. Right. So this is what I want to know from you, Tom, in this is not what's your favorite lens because obviously that's not it. I want to know... Right. What's your process? If you had to give someone some written instructions or some spoken instructions as to how they should research a lens, 
what would mm. you do to make sure that you're buying a quality lens? If it didn't wasn't just like a no-brainer, like, oh, that's the best of the best, you know? Right. It's 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 I get asked this all the time because of course there's always new technology being released, cameras. Uh, lenses, gadgets, tripods, whatever, right? And we can't go out and road test all of them. Um, although if if a company wants to sponsor us and send us all the gear so that we can use it and road test it, we'll be happy to do that too. We're well open to bribes. But um, at the end of the day, I just go onto a trusted website like B&H Photo and I will Google that product. And then if it's got 50 to 100 ratings and the, the four stars and above, you know, four and a half is better. Five star, you know, like it's a no-brainer. Buy it. I, I'm just, I'm just going on everybody else, the consensus out there that tells us that I'll get it. Right? <laughs> no, sorry, it's but, just unpopular. That's all. Sorry. So popular. That was probably bloody Nick Fletcher again, was it? No, this one. This is a number I don't know. Oh right. Uh, let's see. But no, Block you, those. Block our, our, our um, listeners so, are more important. So, this is true. And so what? Um. I've said before is that if in terms of lenses, obviously the more money you spend, the better quality lens you're going to get. But not everybody's got that infinite budget like you. So therefore, um, you know, like my general advice would be the 50mm lens, for example, is one of the best lenses I've ever owned in a sense that it's the sharpest and it's the cheapest. And yet you can buy the F2.8, which is a couple hundred dollars, 1.0, I should say, the 1.8, couple hundred bucks, but the Canon I know, for example, and probably the Nikon as well, it's a bit of a plastic fantastic. The quality you'll get by spending an extra three or $400 and buying the F1.4 is amazing. Now, it's not because you're getting that extra half stop of light. It's more that you're getting better quality glass in the 1.4. So That's one lens though. You're, you're, you're dodging the topic, I think. Oh, here we go. I'm pointing my finger at the mic, by the way. I don't think you're yeah. leading me down the right path. No, well, it's not that. It's like I get it that the more money you spend, the better. But okay, I'll give you an example here, right? Let's just use the 50 mil again because obviously you've got like a little love affair going with it. Yes. Um, so in terms of um, when you're looking for, say, a 50 millimeter lens, right, you've obviously got five or six options. One of those is the Sigma Art series, which I think is phenomenal it's, it's now, cash for comments here. no no it's you unfortunate need to disclose something here matt come on no, it's not that it's just what i'm trying to get <laughs> at is that like there's so many options and let's just say in this particular case there's lots of opinions on it right and you can find some really good quality opinions if i look at something that's maybe not a full frame lens though it's very hard to find good opinions because most pro photographers wouldn't shoot with it because they don't have a camera that's less than full frame in a lot of cases so as an example another lens that i really like yes it's a sigma but it's like an 18 to 35 f 1.8 and it's actually a really phenomenal all-round performer um now what i'm getting at is that you, if you go online and try and find a review on that you get lots of brands reviewing it so like paid brands and sponsored brands or shops and stuff but you won't find very many pro photographers in general because it's not a lens most pro photographers would own. They'd have a 24 to yeah. 7.8. So yeah. I guess I've got a little bit of a process just to kind of I'll, – I'll, I'll tell you what my little process is and that might inspire what I'm sort of asking. Matt, tell us what your process is. Right. So my process with – I've got sort of two parts to it, right? So the first – or three parts. The first one is exactly what you're talking about. You obviously want to do a bit of Googling around and just trying to find out, generally speaking, what, what's going on. Because yeah. you, you, you pretty quickly find out, maybe not whether it's good, but you'll very quickly find out if it's bad, right? Because I think that good is relative. Bad is actually 
pretty standard, you know, like good for me might be different to good for you slash good for the person listening. You know, we might all have different expectations, whereas bad for any one of us is probably bad. Does that make sense? That went straight to a song from the 80s that went along the lines of strip for me, baby, strip for you, strip for me because I want you to. Uh-huh. Well, Do you know that song? I don't. No, no. 80s, I was only just just being born. I know, I know. You weren't even thought of back then. (laughs) Go on. My first one is to go and check that there's no terrible reviews because if there's lots of terrible reviews, you can be pretty much guaranteed it's a terrible lens. Mind you, you you need to look for more than just one or two because you never please everybody and there'll always be a couple of people that just you'll never please regardless of what. The quality is like so. Yeah, just ignore those. Look for the look for the ignore the outliers and look for the general consensus. Yeah, that's it. So you go. I'd yeah. I'd say first of all that'll eliminate whether it's worth like going to the next step or not. So the next step, if you do like it, I go on to um. There's a number of different websites. The one I use is Imaging Resource. Um, but you can use any number of websites. They'll actually have um not those MTF charts because they're actually quite hard to read for most people. But there's a lot of them that have like a really simplified version of this, like a graphical representation of sharpness. Right, not done as like someone sitting there taking photos of brick walls, going, "Oh, I think the corners are pretty sharp." It's, it's actually <laughs> like weird. a lab test of the sharpness of a lens. Wow! And that makes me go. So if you go, to, if, if you've not been to it, go imaging resourcecom I, I will do that right you now. Type, as speak to him, I yeah, think. Yes. You, you type the lens in, um, and there, there'll be a lab test there, and it shows you the the entire sharpness across the entire sensor at any zoom or aperture, um, which yeah, is awesome. Incredible. It's pretty, wow. it's super cool. And most lenses. And they just test every single lens and camera that comes out. I won't say it's or? every single, but they have, they get right. the vast majority of the popular ones are there, um, which is pretty awesome. And um, yeah. and that's my first go-to because I go, again, you, you can see that if you're thinking of shooting, say, portraiture, you're going to probably shoot it quite wide open. And therefore, you would look at all the different yeah. zoom ranges, if it's a zoom lens, at the wide open point. Um, if you're using wildlife lenses, you, you're going to be more on the tele end. So you'd check the sharpness at the tele end. So it allows you to do all the variables in the lens to see its performance with those specific variables, um, mm. which is super awesome. You can find the sweet spot of your lens and all sorts of stuff. So I always do that because that's a really good straight away. I can compare lenses with exact sharpness for sharpness, not just two different people's opinions because you don't know where they're uh, – you don't sort of the know whether they've got the same expectations yeah. either. Yeah, you know, like if you yeah, ask me okay. about sharpness and then you about sharpness, you'd probably be much yeah. fussier about sharpness than I would be because um, yep. you're, you're more experienced and you have a, probably a big, bigger expectation of what you'd get I, out of something. So Telling all the girls that, that I'm more experienced and bigger, well, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's. Um, let's. So... Um, I do that next. And then my third thing, once I'm kind of convinced that it's got some, you know, not terrible, it doesn't have bad reviews, it looks like it's a sharp lens. The next thing I do is I go onto a sharing um, platform, something like Flickr. You don't have to use Flickr, but there's lots of those platforms out there. The one thing that's nice about Flickr um, is that you get to see like a lens group. So you can click on the lens and it'll show you all these photos taken by that lens. And the cool thing is it's got pro photographers enthusiasts and beginners so they're all mixed up in a big bucket and when you go in the group you'll see there are some photos that are pretty average some that are amazing but it lets you see this diverse range of people and what they're achieving with the lens so i hate it when you see like marketing material for lenses and it's always shot by some absolutely pro photographer who just nails at the right place the right time they probably took a long time to get it that's not necessarily a good indication of the day-to-day performance whereas if you go into something like Flickr, you can see a sample of like 
10,000 photos that have been taken with that lens from all different types of photographers and kind of go, you know what, on average, this is what yep. the sort of shots look like. And so if you're not a pro photographer, if you're an enthusiast, um, that's a pretty good indication of what you'll be able to achieve, you know, whether it's talking about, you know, what sort of bokeh it will give you or or sharpness or right. We're just losing is. you a little bit there, Matt. Yeah, I'm not sure. You're probably I'm not sure uh, what's going on there, but we just lost you a little bit there. Oh, really? Am I back? Am I back? Are you Hello? still? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're back. You're back. You're back. Oh, cool. No, no, it's pretty good. Yep. So anyway, I was just, just saying, I was just saying, that's the anticipation. Right, well, that's very good that. advice, isn't it? Yeah. So that's kind of like my, it doesn't matter what lens it is. You so never really I, rely on someone's opinion, just their opinion. Right. Hmm. That's very good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, as you were that. explaining that, I went on to Google and jumped on to Sigma 1835, that 1.8 lens that you were referring to, and um, the top three search results, uh, dpreview.com, bnhphoto.com, and then digitalwarehouse.com.au, and between all three of those, well, D-Preview gives it an 86%, which is very good. And then B&H Photo, you've got 575 reviews where there's a 4.7 star average rating. And then digitalcamerawarehouse.com.au has 671 reviews with a 4.5 star rating. So based on just looking at that um, first page of Google, you could probably... That's a, yeah, say that's, that that's a good lens, as you can attest. Yeah, definitely. I think where I guess that the, the hole in that sometimes for me crops up is what? about what you're going to do with it because you don't know what – I mean, yes, you're talking about a huge sample size. You've got lots of reviews there, but not all lenses have a lot of reviews like that. So the the, the no, fear I have yeah. is that like let's just I think say – you had something like 50 to 100 reviews on those single websites. Yeah, I think you're like probably pretty safe, yeah. There you go. Well, that answered the question then. And look at that. We managed to do it in record time. Sort of. Hello. <laughs> I was just losing you a bit there, so you're going to have to tell all the kids and everybody else to jump off the internet while you're uh, while you, for another I, five minutes. But um, well, it says my recordings yeah. all. I can see all my little audio lines. They're there. I think your internet's a bit buggered. Maybe it's Peninsula Link internet. Yeah, yeah, they, they are there. There, it's just it's coming a bit. Bit sporadically through here. Well, funnily enough, I just oh. tried to jump on uh, before I jumped on. I tried to jump on to my uh, current website, and it was talking about a large volume of traffic from my region not allowing me to be able to jump on to that. Wow! To the website. That's probably so everyone wanting to check out your new workshop page. <laughs> this is it. I would it's hope so. Someone put it on. Know. Someone put it on BuzzFeed, and now it's um yeah. It's not live yet. It's not live yet. So, no, they can't see anything. God forbid. There's a lot of work to be done and a lot of proofreading to be done. That's the thing. Oh, I don't do proofreading. You never know that English was my best subject at school because I just – I'm a generalist rather than a detailist. So, uh, I tend to not look at the finer details, which is bad. Yeah, anyway, I how can I come back to me on my website again? We've already yeah. heard enough of that. <laughs> have we? Have we? <laughs> come on. Come on. Matt. How are things looking for the Bright Festival of Photography? Because that is only—it's coming up this weekend, isn't it? It uh, no. Well, yes, yes, because yes, yes, this is. is an episode behind. Yes, are there yes. tickets still available? Like the tickets close? Like, tickets oh, they, can, they can buy right up to the last second. 
Yeah, in fact, you could buy a ticket halfway through because you get if you wow. if you got your golden ticket, um, you can watch the recordings back. So anything you missed, you can recap on, which is pretty exciting. Um, yep. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a bit of an automated system that um, I was working on last week. Um, for when you'll be listening to that, meaning that I haven't actually done it yet, but by the time you hear this, <laughs> it will have been fixed. Um, and yeah, no, it's you know what, it's actually really exciting. The future. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I'm even confusing myself. Um, no, Easily it, done. It's it's looking really exciting. We've got some really cool events, some social stuff happening. Um, we've been looking at the technology side of it, and that's pretty robust, which is probably the first time in history that I can say that from a BFOP perspective. Oh wow! I mean, this is groundbreaking. There's been silver linings. Left, right, and center for BFOP, given we've, that we've had this lockdown. Yeah, that's it. No, it's it's going really well, and we've got a really good lineup of presenters. Um, I've got a great lineup of presenters. What are you talking about? Yeah, I've been just I've been chatting to a lot of them, and we're also it's nice that there's not just not that there's anything wrong with doing just a straight presentation. Obviously, some genres require that, but there are a lot of workshops as well that um, have a bit of a, a mixture of stuff so there's some live demonstrations there's some presentations yes. there's some critique sessions there's a whole bunch of stuff I so that, i knew that tom part is getting out with his drone and he's going to be showing people how to to capture awesome aerials and video yeah and, I, drone, and so. he's going to maybe even pick up a bunning sausage as well and bring it back to his <laughs> residence. Um, <laughs> but no, you've got that um what else well nikon is giving away a z50 as well so there's a nine-part collage competition that will be announced um a couple of days ago or if it hasn't yet been announced it'll be announced very shortly but there's right. they're giving away z50 which is like it's like nearly two grand um nice. brand new camera so that'd be a nice little one to to be part of mm. um yeah camera house i believe have got some cool specials happening too which is you know pretty standard for them um but also a great help for those who are looking for some extra gear um well, speaking of buying new lenses yes. yeah i don't know i think it's just i think it's gonna be really different event but i think given the circumstances i think it's going to be pretty cool for what it is you know i'd much rather be in bright i think we all would but yeah. we got what we've got and um what do they say you yeah. get what you get and you don't yeah, get upset, yeah. you know? <laughs> correct and and you know what the funny thing is matt that next week when we record this podcast you're gonna to have to talk about bfop as though it's already happened and yet it hasn't Oh, don't worry. I've been anticipating <laughs> and dreaming about all that could go wrong. So I've got plenty of nightmare right. stories to tell right. you. Yeah. So we're going to record one podcast that talks about all the things that went wrong. And then you'll record another podcast that talks about all the things that went right. And we'll just have to pick one. Or we could just record one and just give both like a pick a path. And then we could just edit it really cleverly. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, that's it. That's what we want. So, that's what we want. Well, of course, we had our lockdown landscape photography awards last oh, weekend on the Saturday it? night. That hasn't happened yet. But oh. it was amazing. We had a great time. Yeah. We had over 400 f- entries, flooded with entries, and uh, it was just a great chance for everyone to catch up. We made sure that everybody got dressed up because the whole like, whole premise behind the, the awards was that uh, Mary and I were talking about the fact that we would like to get dressed up and go out. And, of course, we can't do that for a little while yet. So we thought, well, why don't we create something virtual? So we uh, created the Lockdown Awards and mandatory that you frock up in your, you know, your best outfit. And uh, and so Mary looked absolutely stunning. I, I can't say, uh, yes, she was in a, a beautiful blue sequin satin number. And uh, I can say that now because they would have already seen it, yep, um, even though it hasn't happened yet. And then um, and then I got suited up with my pink feather borough, of course, and uh, and we we awarded 19 category winners. I'm really surprised for, that I won, to be honest. <laughs> well, you know, there was. there was. Especially. We, we, we said 
we said that it was um that it was all done anonymously but of course you know there, there was always a bit of like insider training trading or you know um what shall we say oh that's it insider well, trading tom so. can, I, can i be honest with you the reason i'm so surprised that i won is because i misread the title of it I thought it oh, was God. the Lockdown Manscaping Awards. <laughs> and the photo that I sent you probably yeah, shouldn't yeah, have won a prize. Yeah. But now now I, I think I won for a different reason, you know? <laughs> the strange thing was that Nick Fletcher actually sent it, that photo of you to me. So I'm not sure how it got onto his phone. But anyway. What, what um, comes around goes around, hey? Exactly, it's doing the rounds on the internet. So big, big shout out to Brilliant Prince, who I've been dealing with for about 15 years now, ever since Liam first started that company up in Brisbane. And it's just gone from strength to strength. And they do an amazing job printing canvas prints and photographic prints and all sorts of things. They um, just jump on their website there and see what they do. They're amazing. But they donated uh, $1,900 worth of prizes oh, to the awards. Bang. And I came on board straight away. I just messaged Liam literally as we were talking about it and said, uh, hey, mate, would you be interested? And he said, count me in on there. So big shout out to them. Thanks very much. It was a huge success. And I'm sure everybody who won one of those $100 gift vouchers for winning the category are very grateful for um, his generosity. And we'll put that to very good use, getting something nicely printed, um, hopefully from the awards that they entered. I don't have uh, to print my awards because that, that'll be weird. You, you, Put that one up on the wall. Might be above yeah. my bed, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Laurel at least love it. She'll love Someone's it. Someone's getting a, some... that to the kids when they get older, but anyway. Someone's getting an awkward Christmas gift this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll try not to look too surprised when they open it. It's art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a whole lot of fun catching up with you again. Always. As always, Matt. Crummins, uh, mattcrummensphotography.com.au. Yeah. And uh, for anything coming up. So, you know, you no doubt have some workshops ready to go by the time I we get just, out of this lockdown thing. I In just, fact, you're doing them as we speak, aren't we? Aren't you doing I run some online digital ones. workshops? Got some digital yeah, some ones. Yeah, got some little ones going. Good work, man. Yep. That's yep. awesome. So jump on board. And of course, tomputt.com. We've got our schedule up for next year and the year after and the year after and the year after. So if you want to come on a workshop, We'll hopefully be starting our one-day workshops here on the Mornington Peninsula very shortly oh. once we're out and about and ready to go. So that'll be fun. Get that awesome nice spring weather. Yeah. Have you felt that in the air lately, mm, Matt? It's I did great. on Saturday for about – yeah, I did on – I actually had it – oh, my God. You to head out the window, did you? I know. Just opened the window of the study there and oh. breathed in the fresh <laughs> air for a brief second. Just, I got one minute and – 15 seconds left or something, I actually dug out a whole bunch of old prints that I've got from um, an Indonesia exhibition we did ages ago and decided to do a, a lawn gallery. So I set I saw that. That was so and cool. Yard with, um, with, with photographs and put some yeah. little posters up saying like, you know, just stop and have a look basically just for fun. Yeah, they yeah. weren't selling yeah. or anything. Yeah. And it, it did you sell anything? Or I, or they weren't for sale. No, it wasn't for sale. No. It was just, you know, it's I just sat on the lawn. Exhibition. Yeah. For those, who, who, for those who didn't see it, Matt got some easels. Put these beautiful big prints on the easels and put them in his front yard for everyone who was walking by to admire. We ha we actually met heaps of people in our street who just you know paused for a second just to sort of like have a look, have a chat quickly, and yep. you know the local council shared it out. It actually, become like a little thing. It was really fun. Yeah, we were actually heaps little... of people shared it on Facebook. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, the novelty of it that was very clever. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, I'm and very generous of you. It was, yeah. uh, it was good well fun. Done. 
you know, we um we just sat there with beers all day and just um yeah, just basically <laughs> like it was like a gar- it was a pseudo garage party, but except you weren't some, you're a garage a garage sale, but you weren't actually selling them. Yeah, so it was. This is yeah. a garage sale you have when you're not having a garage sale. Yeah, and we're just gonna sit out the front, get drunk. And pretend we're selling them, but no, they're not for sale. Yeah. And then people will want them even more. That's very clever marketing, Matt. Yeah, basically. I'm just yeah. I'm I'm basically the new Banksy, just coming up with innovative ideas to make people want things more. So the next time um, I do that, I'm actually going to shred one of the prints on the front lawn, um, <laughs> and see whether people clap. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Only after they've paid a ridiculous sum of money for it. I should not forget that part. Yeah. Yeah, make sure you get that money in your pocket first. (laughs) Well, Matt, it's been great catching up, mate. Uh, Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to another episode of Matt Matt and Tom. Tom. Excellent Excellent podcast. Are we doing the adventure bit? No, podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. We'll see you next week. See you later, guys. Bye.